my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short, stop the negative self-talk, and focus on what makes us awesome, because we all are. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and it's time we start believing that. Welcome back to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Garcia, and this week I'm sharing with you a really important conversation with Kate Trogger, who is my sweet cousin. Kate is a Christian who has studied the word since she was a young girl, and I tend to always call her or her mom my aunt when I have questions about the Bible or anything I'm reading or about my faith in general. Kate is a wife, mama, and a hospice nurse here in Lancaster County, PA. When I talked to Katie, that's what I call her, about this episode I wanted to do with her about death, dying, and fear of death and dying, even for the believer, I was just so thankful that she immediately was open to it because I would have only wanted to have this conversation with her in particular. We talk about the undeserving grace God gives through his son Jesus and the rest we can now have in our salvation as Christians. When we can dig deep into God's word and cling to his son, that that is how we are able to truly live joyfully in this life despite what the world throws at us, including, yes, dying. I feel like I have a lot of disclaimers in my episodes. Sorry for that. But yet again, disclaimer, my sweet Katie lives in the middle of nowhere and her service was cutting in and out when we were trying to record this episode. So I think I edited the episodes well enough for it to flow, but there are a few times I left our comical moments because we kept having to start and stop and we we started making jokes about what the biblical number of each time we had to start and stop meant. So when we got to six, that was the number of man, seven, and so forth. And so it's just so funny. Anyway, I hope that this little explanation will help you to understand a little better. And you'll know once you listen to the episode. But thank you guys so much, as always, for joining us. Please welcome Kate Trogger to the show. Kate, I have an idea and I need you yeah. uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not and like I was like, I hey, was it's not like I'm like, hey, <laughs> Kate, I want you to run a marathon with me today. I appreciate you not wanting to kill me. So thank you. Not yet. <laughs> you know, was, what was so funny? I, uh, three weeks ago, my, um, my pastor was giving, uh, a message and he said something about he was talking about rapture and then he was like he, he later on in the message he said in September we plan on doing this series like a series that they planned on doing and then he paused and he goes if we're here <laughs> <laughs> I love it I loved it too everybody well, laughed and I was all, like oh I love it all plans are tentative all plans are tentative. And that was his point. He's like, yeah. he's like, you know, plan to do this. But um, yeah. that was so funny. But yeah, but uh, well, I'll just start. My beautiful, okay. my beautiful Katie, thank you for coming on the show today to have a conversation with me. Um, it's something I want to talk about as much as I want to still grow and and learn about which we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives however long and short that may be but on my brain on my mind on my heart has been a lot of thoughts on salvation and death and dying 
Um, which if we have salvation, we will essentially never die in a way, just our flesh, our body will pass away. But as you can imagine, I know, you know, when you have a diagnosis, especially in the beginning, when you have no idea what's going to happen, you have no idea exactly the details of the diagnosis in my case, it was a cancer diagnosis. And most people, this isn't their first time listening to the podcast, but in case this is your first time, early 2020, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. By the grace of God, it was stage 1B, so we're good. Um, But I'm pretty sure that anybody could imagine that you you start thinking a little bit more about death and what that means to possibly be going home. And it can be scary. It can be exciting. It can be worrisome, all the things. And uh, as we talked about earlier, when I thought of doing an episode about this, I thought, ha, Katie, death. Yes. Salvation. (laughs) Sweet. I'm going to call it Catherine Dawn. Um, So I called you my sweet cousin. Um, I, I hope I hope it's uh, good to be well known in certain circles. <laughs> <laughs> Death, dying, but then um, you know, eternal life. Who who would not want to be yeah. the one that people go to to talk about eternal life? So thank you for doing that. That that part's pretty cool. I, so my cool. pleasure. I will do the very best I can with what notice I've been given. Yeah, I called her. Did I call you or did you call me? You called me. You, I called you because you texted me. True. Yes. So I called because I said, hey, I want to do this. And I have surgery in two days. Can you do it tonight? <laughs> and you no were like, uh, yeah, let me let me figure it out. So I, I really appreciate it. So Absolutely. salvation. Well, let's let's start with this. Let's start. Let's start with death. OK, we all know Are that. You- Jumping in, jumping into the deep end. Yeah, well, we have to. We have to jump into the deep end to get to the the great stuff, right? Start with that. True. So there's our flesh. We all know that we're going to die someday. We all know that with each passing day, we are essentially one day closer to saying, see a world. And for some of us, that might be sooner rather than later. Or for us in Christ, that might be really soon. We have no idea. And in the flesh, we tend to have this fear, this worry about death and dying. And you made a great point when we were talking earlier about the difference. What I had told Kate, I'll start with the story. What I had told you was that before I became a mom, ever since I was little even, I never had a fear of death. I just thought, well, when it's my time, it's my time. And it wasn't necessarily a, well, that's going to be in the way far future thing. I even thought of, you know, if if some, if I were to get in a car, car wreck or, you know what I mean? If something were to happen, a freak fluke accident or something, that's just, what was supposed to happen. And then I became a mom and my worries surrounding death were simply, if something happens to me, what's going to happen to my kids? Right. How are they going to cope without me? (laughs) Who's going to lead them to the Lord? How are they going to learn about Jesus? Like God can't do that on his own. He needs me. (laughs) (laughs) which let's be honest your your intent was not god can't do that on his own it's just that when yes we come to a point as we grow in our faith that we're like that's kind of what i was saying even though that's not what i was thinking exactly right yes yeah so but now all of a sudden it's not that i have a fear of going home it's just what I leave behind and how everyone's going to go on without me, so to speak, now that children are involved. 
And on the flip side of that, I also have a fear of death surrounding my kids. I feel so protective of them. And even though I know God is in control and his plan is perfect, I really struggle with what if he calls my kids home and how would I ever cope with that? So, but you, you know, as we were talking about that, as we were talking about fear of death and I had, when I initially said to you, well, before, before I became a mom, I had no fear of death. You said this and I thought it was great and explained it a little bit. So I think we're talking about, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between fearing death especially as a Christian person, because death for, for a believer means, just as you said, we're going home, we're going to heaven. That is not something to be fearful of, but dying is a very different thing. And so many people, you know, we talk, um, I'm, I'm a hospice nurse. So in, with what I do all the time, we talk about death and dying. And a lot of people, I think, find that to be kind of redundant in a way they're like it's the same thing but it's really not it's dying is the process of of the flesh dying of of the the splitting of the the spirit and the flesh in a way you know what I mean and that process is painful I mean my goodness we have pain in the flesh in this, these bodies all the time from various things. Some of it, thankfully, is, is fleeting. Some of it's just brief things. And some of it's much more chronic or much more traumatic and severe. Um, but the flesh, as the Bible says, in the flesh dwells no good thing. Um, the flesh is, is not fun. <laughs> it's just not. Um, especially when you are spiritually minded and looking toward the Lord. The flesh is the last thing you want to deal with. And yet it it's it's our current state. We're 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 in this flesh. We're with it all the time, 24-7. You don't get a break. Um so many of us I'm sure, especially people who have gone through what you've gone through, would love to step out for just a second and take a break. Yeah. And and that's not possible. So, you know, dying, dying is, is not a pleasant experience for the majority of people, even if people who quote unquote go peacefully and it can happen, but there's still that having to let go Yeah, and, and having to have the ultimate faith as you step into eternity from our perspective, from the Lord's perspective, we're already there. We're already in eternity with him. And I think one of the things that you, you and I were talking about at one point was again, kind of going back to what I I do as a palliative and hospice nurse, we talk so much about quality of life versus quantity of life. Mm. And for a Christian, in some ways, if we're, again, that's spiritually minded, there is quantity of life, the amount of life we have, that kind of doesn't matter anymore because it's unlimited. You know, we've signed up for the full plan. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So, you know, we, we, our life is eternal because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, And it makes that quality versus quantity question, uh, I think a little easier for people of faith because Obviously, while you're here, might as well feel as well as possible. Um, yes. But that kind of circles back around too. then. Why don't people just say, especially if they're Christians, I'm never going to go through chemo. I'm never going to do anything to, you know, maintain my safety or security or what have you other than protecting myself from pain. And the reason comes back to what you were talking about. We do have our responsibilities, if you will, here on this earth, um, our children, our family, our friends, and it really comes down to love, those that we love. 
I think for a lot of Christians, if you would say, you know, if you take that away, not in a traumatic kind of sense, but just in, in, in theory, if you take the responsibility of your loved ones away from you, do you have anything keeping you here or would you be ready to go home? And I think a lot of people would say that they're ready. There are some people who are still struggling with that. And I understand that. Um, but I think it's a lot easier, I guess I should say, to say, in theory, yes, if I didn't have my loved ones to worry about, I'm ready to go. Yes. Well, I think that... That, that dying process, though, man, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really tall hurdle. It is a tall hurdle. I think when you know what's on the other side of that, you know, I mean, I know for, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I, I didn't have to go that far, at least not at this point um, with my diagnosis, but in the beginning, before I knew, if, before I had any of my questions answered and I, all I knew is that I had cancer, Right. I was thinking about it. I was thinking sure. about, am I going home? And thank the good Lord. I asked him, I said, Lord, just give me peace. That's mm -hmm. all I want. I said, you can't give me the answers right now. So just give me peace. And right. he instantly gave it to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you. Literally took all of my thoughts, all the thoughts of the flesh. He took right. them away and poured his peace. Before I got my exact diagnosis, I had to face that question. Sure. I had to face that question of, is this going to be it? Am I going, am I going home? Am I going to have to die? My flesh die. Um, am I going to have to leave my kids? Am I going to have to, is that going to, is that going to be what happens? And is this God's plan for me. And even then, even after I got my initial diagnosis and everything looked good, then when I had my surgery, so I had like a brief period of thinking like, oh, we're good. And then I had my surgery and they took out four of my lymph nodes. All four of those lymph nodes were positive for cancer. And I thought, uh oh, the crap spread. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean now? And thank the good Lord. Once I had my second surgery, everything was completely clear and all my margins were clear and everything was good. So then I just knew I had, you know, go through chemo radiation, do the whole works. Obviously now I've had cancer in my history. So, and any, I mean, even if I didn't, cancer could still be in my future. You know what I mean? Even sure. no, it can, anything can hit any of us car wreck, you know what I mean? Freak accident. Right. Heart disease, cancer, like you name it, something can happen to us at any given time. Doesn't matter how young you are. You know what I mean? God's plan is God's plan. Right. So, but knowing that because of what I went through, I still just have a little bit more of a piece about it. And I know that we, we don't know what dying is going to feel like until we get there. Mm -hmm. But for the Christian, we're going to know what's on the other side. Right. And there is, I know that this is, this is zero comparison. I'm not trying to compare, but when I think about that, I sort of think about, what my whole cancer journey was like, because in the beginning I got the diagnosis and I was super scared, super scared as, as you can imagine. And then you go through the pain, you know, you go through the pain of having a surgery that's super painful recovery, right? And you have another surgery, another painful recovery and all sorts of things that happen because of that surgery that your body has to adjust to get used to, then chemo, that doesn't feel great. Radiation, it's all right. It doesn't feel great either, but it's fine. But you know, what I kept focusing on was, okay, I'm in pain, but on the other side of that, 
Sure. Is the finish line. Like I know what's coming when I start to feel better. You know, when God restores my health, I know what's on the other side of that. So can you imagine what eternal life in heaven with Christ is going to be like? No, we can't fathom it. Right. We know it is miraculously, beautifully, so much greater than anything we're ever going to experience on earth because there is no suffering. There is no pain. There's abundance of love and eternally. So, and we are perfected and we are perfected. So to think about that, even in the face of dying, you know, it's the, the, I don't know. I just, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth worth it. it. Well, and when you put it in the context of, you know, the death, as my father used to say, the death rate is still one per person. (laughs) We're all going to go through it. So if, I mean, the best thing you can do is, is prepare, is to not turn away from these hard conversations because yes, we're, we're all going to go through it. We're all going to get there some, someday, some of us sooner than others, mm-hmm. um, in a ver- variety of ways, but you know, with the grace and mercy of the Lord, we can get through those tough times Amen. and you're right. When, when you get to the other side and you step into eternity with the Lord and you get to see your savior, there is no greater joy. There is no greater joy. And I know for anyone who, who may be listening, who is on the fence or just not there and is kind of skeptical of that whole, you know, people believing in the spaghetti monster in the sky and you don't actually know what you're talking about because no one's actually been there in their, from their point of view. Um, one of the most perfect illustrations I've ever, I've ever heard was obviously a hypothetical, <laughs> but I heard the story about a man who was talking to his doctor and he said, you know, doc, I, I'm really scared about what's going on. You know, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this whole idea of, of dying and, and, and death in particular in this instance and you know I'm just so worried about what's on the other side what you know what can you tell me and the doctor was a Christian he said all I can tell you is that once you pass through that door it's going to be great and he said how do you know and just then they heard this like scratching at the door and the the doctor opened up the door and his this dog came running in and just jumped right into his arms he's like so so sorry to bring your dog to work today and he said, did you notice, though, my dog was scratching at the door. He wanted to come in. And the guy said, yeah. He goes, he's never been in this room before. I've never brought him here before. He had no idea what was on the other side of this door. But he knew I was here. Mm. And I'm his master. And he knows I love him. And so he sprang through that door into my arms because he trusts me and he has faith in me. He said, that's what heaven is. It's springing through that door, even though you don't actually know what it looks like on the other side, but knowing that you're springing into the arms of your Lord and savior. That's beautiful. That's so good. Yeah. I didn't write it. I didn't come up with it. So whoever did, (laughs) well done well done it's such a beautiful and true illustration although silly in parts but um it's such a true and beautiful illustration of of why christians have that joyful anticipation of heaven um you know when you told me that we were going to talk about this i also shared a story about how that can can seem kind of kooky to people who don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, if you tell people the wrong person, I guess you could say, you know, 
yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be with the Lord. If you don't say it that way, <laughs> things can go a little awry in your life. So if you're, if you, if you're at the doctor and they're evaluating you, tell them what not to say or or what to elaborate more on. You can, you can say whatever you want. Okay. I'm not going to put words in people's mouths, but you might want to just think about how you word things. So I do know of someone who was going through a really hard time, went to get help, really kind of you know, depressed, what have you. And uh, when they asked him, do you think you would be better off dead? He said, well, of course. (laughs) And unfortunately, that what that should do medically as a medical professional, what that should do, you should explore that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? Do you have any intentions or desire to harm yourself in order to have that happen? There's a whole slew of questions that we're trained to ask. Apparently for this particular gentleman, None of those questions were asked. And instead, he got himself uh, a one-way ticket into the psych ward for three days for suicide watch. God bless him. And and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I can't wait to be with my savior. Of course, I'd be better off dead. But not everybody's going to take it that way. That's awesome. It's, so it's actually awesome. true. That one did not come from like the internet. That's a true story. That's a true story. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, it's a true story that I love dearly because <laughs> um, that just cracked me up. But it's so true. I mean, technically, now I might not be so literal. I would probably be like, I'm a Christian. So yes. therefore. Right. I feel that, yes, I would be best dead. <laughs> my spirit in heaven. However, uh, we're my... not really, we're not advocating the rushing of the process. No, so. no. But instead, <laughs> instead of elaborating, well, of course I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up yeah. so much. And that's why I love that you brought up the distinction between death and dying, because sometimes if I think of a fear of, of death because of what I leave behind, like you were talking about your responsibilities to your family, your friends, and there, therefore, uh, so forth, huh? Take six. <laughs> What's six? It's the number of man. Oh, well. Right here. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> seven's a good one too anyway (laughs) we'll just keep counting you said you wanted to do one on numbers with me I did we're we're just collaborating this is a preview (laughs) preview of a numbers episode um what was I getting at uh responsibilities to your loved ones oh sometimes I feel guilty like lord it's not that i don't want to be with you i just there's things to do (laughs) and there's humans to raise and people and lord you don't you know you you get it you you get what i need to do here right (laughs) you need me right you need me right and um and i think we tend to what were we talking about before? I'm so thrown off right now. It's okay. Listen, Martha, it'll be all right. Squirrel. Squirrel. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm, talking, I'm Martha. Well, and, and you also think that you need to do everything down here when really focusing on the Lord is what's going to serve us best. Yes, but we, we, he gives us grace. He does give us grace. Thank goodness. Yes. So grace, God's. God's riches at Christ's expense. Mm-hmm. Grace. It hits you. It does. But the only way to achieve all of that, you said you wanted to talk about how salvation affects, which we have been this entire time, but how salvation affects sort of the Christian view of death and dying. And yes. the fact that it does give us that hope. Um, really quick, though, I do... Yeah. I would love to hear your explanation 
Okay. Simplified (laughs) of what salvation is to someone who's listening, who has questions or maybe has absolutely no clue. They've heard of Jesus. They get heaven, God, you know, heaven, earth, hell, God, Jesus, but doesn't really have a full understanding of what salvation means. Well, can I, can I give you the, the actual what it is and then yes. we can try to simplify it? Absolutely. Because I am by no means, some of you may have picked up on this, an expert on, on the Bible. But um, I do think that as long as we're going to his word in order to get our answers, we're going to get the right answers. Because the Holy Spirit is going to show us the truth. Amen. So salvation is pretty well summed up in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. And I don't feel as though my words can do any better than his words, that's for sure. So we'll start there, and then we can go through, through things. So Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus upon good works, which he hath already prepared that we should walk in them. Now, if that sounds a little different than some of the translations that people, Mm. if you are familiar There's a couple things that I think I should just point out for the folks that are familiar. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus upon good works, which he hath already prepared. That's so important, prepared. That word prepared is only used twice in the word of God. The Hmm. other one is Romans. Hold on. My memory's not that good. Romans 9.23 is the other place that that particular Greek word is used. Um, And I don't speak Greek, so I'm not going to go there. (laughs) But the point of it is, to simplify or to sum up, that Christ Jesus has already done, well, Jesus Christ. So people were like, what's the difference? Jesus Christ, the man who was here on earth, who did the work, Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. The emphasis goes on whoever, whichever name we use first, generally speaking, when we're studying the word. So our salvation is through Christ Jesus. It's, it's through our risen Christ who has already completed that work. It is finished. finished. If it is finished, we do not have to go back and redo or add to anything, anything. And it is by grace. So again, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. The little anagram there is a great way to remember it. It is, it is a gift. Grace is getting what we don't deserve from God, getting the good things that we don't deserve from God through faith. That's just believing it. Just believing. Believing that the Lord Jesus Christ is who he said he was, the son of God, mm-hmm. that His he is the way, the truth, and the life, that nobody comes to the Father except through him. If you believe that, you are already saved. You are already there. You are already in eternity with the Lord. That's what we call your standing. That's where you stand. I stand in Jesus Christ with him. Excuse me, in Christ Jesus with him. (laughs) Um, Now, there's a big difference. I said before, we have to kind of separate these things that seem similar, but aren't the same. Death and dying sound like the same thing. They're not. When we get to state versus our standing, it sounds like basically it's, it's, it's where I'm at, but it's not. Our standing is where we, our eternal spirit is. 
our state is this filthy rotten flesh <laughs> that we're still stuck with where when you stub your toe you're gonna say things that you probably shouldn't <laughs> it hurts um it's it's the part that has to die yes it's the part that has to die but we are in our flesh that's what we're dealing with that's why there's the failing part to the awesomely part hey nice little plug there sister trying no it's but it's true it's it's the flesh is the part that fails yes and the spirit is the part that is absolutely awesome my this uh, that's gonna be my new motto (laughs) (laughs) i love it so i'm when i when I want to talk about these hard things, I try to put myself into the perspective, into the mindset of somebody who is, this is probably so wrong of me to say, Lord, forgive me already, but Christ curious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. We have a label for everything these days. I mean, you know, <laughs> society has affected you. I probably just got canceled, but <laughs> But no, but seriously, though, I mean, we just be curious about Christ and be curious, <laughs> curious about Christ or a new Christian, sure. uh, you know, might need a little bit of coddling. So I don't I don't mean that in a bad way, by the way. Um, well, I just, you, have to, you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. So absolutely. If you are in the infant stage in your walk of faith, where's the joy? If, if the, if the flesh is painful, if we suffer, if we are going to go through hardships, dying before death, because death is, is okay. Death, the death part's bad for everybody else. It's not bad for us, Right. which is how, by the way, I even got to wanting to talk about this because when I think about, when I thought about death, when I thought about the possibility of dying, my honest thought was it's the worst thing that could happen to everyone around me. Right. But it's the best thing that could happen to me. Yeah. Because I, I know I will be with Christ Jesus. <laughs> and I want people to get there. You know, I want right. for everyone, every Christian to get to the place of, of understanding what we will go through in this life. But there is great joy because of Christ, because of eternal life and how we're able to still have joy because of that promise. I think that's tough for some people when we're talking about the hard stuff, you know, when you're, when you're facing hardship, pain, death, trauma, depression, anxiety, failed relationships, loss of loved ones, loss of babies, name it, you know, right. uh, poverty. How, how can we find joy in Christ? I mean, I, he's the only way you find joy, but you know what I'm talking about. I was just, well, and I was just going to say that because I mean, that is so important. It's, I think that coming to the reality, coming to the acceptance of what the flesh is, coming to the acceptance that this world is corrupt, it can be very difficult because our flesh does not want to, I I guess it's part of that ego issue too. You know, we do not want to say, we are bad. No. Like to put it in the simplest of terms, people don't want to say that they're sinful. They don't want to take on the blame. They don't want to accept that. I mean, they, at the, 
they might want to be like, yes, sometimes, sometimes I'm bad, sometimes I'm good. And they want to think that somehow that's, you know, that's where they kind of try to help God along, that they're going to, they're going to do enough to be good enough to get there, to, to earn their salvation. And the hardest part is coming to the end of yourself, is coming to the point where you accept that in the flesh dwells no good thing. That if there was anything good that did happen, that is of the Lord. Stop yeah. taking credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it is. And it's, you know, it reminds me of a conversation that I had recently with, with my mom, who is in the word way more than I am. Um, and, and studies often, and she reads her Bible every single day, but she studies. And she said, she always says there, there's two things that the word of God does. And the first is why most people don't want to read their Bible. And it's because the word cuts the soul asunder and leaves you to an open shame that's found in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. And it does. The, the scriptures will convict you. If you start reading the book of Romans and, and you stop after chapter one or even two, you're going to be really super bummed. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like, I am definitely in those lists of things that, you know, are horrible about fleshly corporal people. And it's, 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 it's a bummer, man. It's depressing. You know, we don't deserve it, but that's the entire point. And therein lies the joy. We don't deserve it. And yet he gifted salvation to us by taking care of the work for us. He earned salvation. He earned it. You cannot impute. I'm going to get all worried here. You cannot impute, you cannot essentially give to another or not really give to, but um, attribute to another person an immutable characteristic, something that is just innately you. You can't, you can't do that. But if you earn something, you can give some of what you earn to another person. Okay? If, if I'm blonde and you're brunette, brunette, I can't give you blonde hair. Not I can't just dye. make that happen. <laughs> yeah, but if I earn money, I can buy you that box of dye and I can hand it over. True. So, yeah. so if I earn something, we can impute it. We can give it to another person. Christ has imputed his righteousness to us because he earned it. So my biggest thing with salvation, too, is stop trying to steal God's thunder. It's his. Jesus, the man, earned the salvation that we can benefit from by believing in him. Amen. And it's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. And people try to complicate it or they hear that. And then there's some people who are, you know, come to our church, come to our church. It's great. It's fun. We're, you know, we're a cool group and not saying that they're not awesome, but you get there and it's like, cool. And we're talking about the salvation thing. And all you have to do is believe how many Christians have you run into that will tell you absolutely up and down. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ, that he is your savior, that he died on the cross. He was buried, resurrected, that he is alive and, and you will be with him one day again in glory. All you have to do is believe that. And you're like, you know, you hear people are like, cool, that's awesome. And then you get in there and they're like, so now that you're saved, here's what you have to do. And here's what you can't do. Yeah. And here's where you're going to have to help God out by being good or bad or, you know, being good and and don't do this and don't do that. And here are all of our rules. And I'm not saying that those rules won't help the flesh. It won't make life a little easier while you're here. But Christ did the work. It is finished. It is a finished work. So we don't need to add anything to it. No, we don't. 
And what we need to do, and I think I, I also said to you earlier, we need to rest in his finished work. Thank you. It's all about the rest. My next thing I was going to ask you is, can you talk a little bit about rest? Because I think being at rest is a huge way for us to experience true joy. Absolutely. While we are here on earth. Truly, I think it's the, the only way to experience true joy. I've heard recently happiness is comes and goes, but joy is a state of, of being. Amen. Did I get that from you? <laughs> no, you um, didn't get it from I wish, but no, you didn't. <laughs> but but if you you yeah, that's that's all we can do. We can rest in his finished work. And if you believe it, if you're in the word being reminded of it by reading the God God's word, that's what's going to get you there. And and again, I said about reading Romans keep reading because chapter eight is awesome. Chapter (laughs) Chapter, eight is the best. Chapter eight tells us where we are. Again, it it has to do with our, our state versus our standing. Our state is gonna, you know, in many ways from a fleshly point of view, it's going to come and go. Sure. We have our good days. We have our happy moments, but what, what can give you true peace and joy is the finished work of, of Jesus Christ. That's what it can, that's what can bring it to you. And, and to get to that, you do have to take you, yourself out of it. And that can be very difficult. And in a sense, so we're talking about death and dying, you know, Paul writes, I die daily. Because you do, you have to die to the flesh. You have to let that fleshly stuff go in order to focus on the spirit, focus on your new creation that you are in Christ Jesus if you are a believer. And the rest that you can have in that, it's it's a a I think it's um one way you can tell whether or not someone has really taken the promises of the Lord to heart is if they're able to achieve that rest. Which is tough, which is why Paul saying I die daily is such an awesome reminder. It's such a great confession for us as Christians to know because every day we could, you could start the day at rest knowing, Uh okay, Lord, what you got for me? I believe in your plan for me today. I know that no matter what, someday I'm going to live eternally with you. So I am at peace. I'm at rest. I'm cool. We're cool. Let's do this. And then throughout the day, things happen to screw it up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> screw, up, screw up your mindset. Absolutely. And, and mess up your focus, redirect your focus. Right. And so it's a... It's almost sometimes a daily struggle to be in that rest. And it's, in, it's important to, to know that. But like you said, when you get into the word on a daily basis, uh-huh. when you are then studying that word, when it is something that is truly a, truly a part of you, you are not separate from it because that's that is what our salvation is where we're not separated from god anymore right. right that is where you can have true joy and that doesn't mean that you're not because we are in the flesh it's it's the realization of we are in the flesh i understand what that means i understand what might come my way because i'm here in the flesh mm-hmm. but but But, but, but Christ Jesus, he died for me. It is finished. I can rest in knowing that no matter what comes my way on this earth, there is nothing that hasn't already been overcome. Right. 
there is nothing that can happen to me here that can really truly, I, I want to say harm me, but I, I don't know if that's confusing. The worst thing that can happen is you could die. But that's not the worst thing. That's the best thing. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so, so we're, you know, what's the sting of death? If, if it kind of removes the, the, I think that's why you can have peace. That's why you can have rest as a Christian. That's why you can approach it again. We're not saying that's why you separate the death from the dying. The physical parts can be painful. The physical parts cannot be fun to go through. But as you said, when you were thinking about that process, knowing what you get to achieve, that what you get to not even achieve because you didn't achieve it, what you get to enjoy fully and presently when you're, when you're, state catches up to your standing in eternity. I mean, that's worth it all. That is worth it all. And when it comes down to it again, yeah, you have to, you have to separate things that are different and you have to leave together the things that are meant to be together. One of the most important Versus when you talk about Christians who are kind of early in their journey, earlier in their walk with the Lord, do not be afraid to delve into the word. And if you read it and it doesn't make sense initially, that's okay. Because I mean, I studied, I started studying the word of God, not just reading it, but going to an adult Bible study when I was nine years old. I didn't get a lot. (laughs) Most of what was being talked about was going way over my head. But the Holy Spirit Spirit will reveal his truths to you. That's his job. That's his job. And when, when you're reading something, if it feels like it doesn't fit, go back and read it again and ask questions because it, it will fit if you're putting it in its proper place. The one sort of key to understanding scripture that was taught to me that is really probably one of, if not my favorite verses, is 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that dividing, again, going to be nerdy here, in the Greek, means to cleave. It means to separate with a, like, sharply. It's so important to make those distinctions, death and dying, state and standing. Um, you know, it, may, it helps it make sense. It helps it click when you do that. And... There's just so many beautiful pieces of scripture that do fall into place when that help, you know, when you, when you do it that way, it, it kind of unlocks things. It did for me in many, many ways. No, that's so good. Um, it is so important. So I think you did a, a great job of giving a couple of examples to rightly dividing the word. But for somebody who, like we've said, is a a newer Christian, what, what, what advice would you give to them when they're reading to be able to do that? I think reading through things, well, here, it, it really depends on, on where you're at and where you want to go with it. You can be a brand new, a lot of what I went into I will admit I got very technical tonight. <laughs> I, I went, I went pretty deep on certain things, um, especially in comparison to what, uh Oh, <laughs> baby girl, somebody's waking up. Take seven. <laughs> Spiritual perfection, baby. Woohoo! We got to seven. We got to seven. You don't have to be a, a Christian for any length of time before you start really, truly studying, you can be new and really. Yes. You don't have to 
have believed a certain way for, you know, you could have, you could, could have been a, a Christian for, uh, you know, 50 years or 50 minutes, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you if you want to learn. So get a Bible. <laughs> if you don't have one, get one. Um, if you really want to delve into what is being said, get a concordance. So that's one of the study tools that we use to understand what the individual words mean. And I personally also use, like when I got into some of that more technical stuff, there is a um, direct translation, like the, the Old Testament was, was written in, in largely Hebrew, the New Testament mostly in Greek. Um, there, are, there aren't literal translations, direct translations, because people, you know, it's been translated more than any other book, the Bible. So yeah. um, I do not feel as though any one particular transla translation is superior to another. It's all the word of God. So any Bible is going to be able to reveal the truth to you. If you want to get down to the finer points, pick it up in just a different translation. See how, see what it says, see what's different, see what's the same. And if there's a word that you're getting hung up on, look that particular word up. And most importantly, look at the context. Do not just take one little verse and scratch your head over it for, you know, for five days without reading what comes before and after. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to make sense. <laughs> and it's very sad. And I don't think it's always done intentionally. But, you know, when we're putting forth a method or a message, and most of the time with such good intentions, a lot of, of teachers and pastors, my, my pastor in particular has admitted to doing this quite a bit when he was a younger man. You know, he would have a message. He would have his point that he wanted to get across to his congregation. Well-meaning. So he would go in and he would look for, for verses that supported what he was saying. Well, you can pick and choose a lot of things if you take them out of context and have them kind of sound like they're saying what you're saying, but it's not actually making the point that God was making mm -hmm. if you read it in context. So we don't do that kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, study anymore. We go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and, and we study that way. Um, but ask questions, read, number one, read the book just read the book. If you're a new Christian, it will come. Yes, it will come. And if you're, if you're facing something hard in life, we're talking about death and dying, but there's a whole lot of other things that we grieve in the flesh while we're here in this earth. And there's a whole lot of other things that we have struggle with. And Make just reminding yourself that even Paul, even Paul, who was an apostle, had to daily die to the flesh and remind himself that this is not my home, this is not my world. My place is in the heavens, heavenlies in Christ Jesus. That is where the peace and where the rest comes from. Thank you so very much for taking a little time out of your day to listen to Failing Awesomely. I know this episode might have been a little difficult to listen to for some of you. It's a heavy topic, but there is so much hope and joy in Christ Jesus. If you have any additional questions, please, please message me. Like I always say, I am an open book and would love to help you understand more about Jesus and grow in your faith. If God can use me, I'm so open to helping in every way I can. You can find all the ways to contact me down in the show notes. I love y'all. Until next week, be well, be awesome.